Hello and welcome to Horror Court Trash Over, a show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash the pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we are almost at the end of Pride Month now. We've got one more episode to go, an original versus remake after this one. Um, but it's our final uh, guest episode for Pride Month. Oh, I know. Guest episodes. I know. I know, yeah, we're just just lost when it's just the two of us to talk. Bored of each other now. It's all these years. Uh, (laughs) We're going out in style though For our final Pride Month guest for this year We have someone from a podcast from Across the Pond Uh, It's one of my favourite podcasts personally Uh, It's a show that delivers honest opinions, great chemistry and a lot of great humour And they're also a contender for one of the best podcast names ever Very appropriate for this episode It's Trent from A Nightmare on Fear Street Hi, yes, thank you both for having me Sorry, I sound like crap today i've got sinus stuff going on but i'm here and i'm excited to talk about this movie yeah well, we're excited to have you here i mean we have listened to episodes of your podcast it's so good and Thank you recently did poltergeist 2 we recently watched poltergeist 2 and time, time. all your opinions on it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a, you know it's a fun discussion it is a a a movie that I didn't hate, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's just there's stuff to be enjoyed there, but a lot of stuff as well, you know. It's very much like what we're gonna talk about today. But before we do, um, I'm aware of your podcast, Chris is aware of your podcast, but tell the listeners a little more about Nightmare on Fear Street. Yeah, so um a nightmare on fear street, it's me and one of my very good friends, Sheree. We've known each other since college, which was um years ago. And um each week we take a horror film and we decide, we dissect it, we discuss it, we talk about it through different perspectives and angles. And yeah, right, you know, we um, when this comes out, we'll be go, we'll be into our summer programming. We're ending our sixth season when we're recording this. We're ending it on Monday, um, so we're excited about that and. Yeah, so that's that's just a little bit about us. We try to we drink copious amounts and <laughs> have a lot of opinions that sometimes people agree with and sometimes people don't agree with, and it is what it is. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. And the film we're discussing today was actually your first episode. It was. We back in the day when we first started, we thought we were very ambitious we, we were like yeah we could discuss multiple movies in one episode we were going to do the first three nightmare on elm street movies because that is our namesake of course and uh we got through two we got through the second one and we were like we have been recording for like three hours <laughs> no one is going to listen to a three-hour podcast episode so we, we were like we will just do a two-parter for that first one but yeah, we've we've grown a lot since then, um, in our podcasting and in our format. But um, yeah, it was it was it was a good time when we talked about it. It was feels like forever ago, even though it's only been like, I think we're almost two or three. So yeah, yeah, yes, and yeah. With that being said, we are finally, and we we've been going that we're podcasts since. 2019 I believe 2018 2019 around that time 
And this always feels like the film we should be discussing during Pride Month for many, many obvious reasons. And we're finally getting around to it. We are discussing A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge from 1985. And no, we don't know who he's getting revenge on. Who who is who's Freddy getting revenge on? That's true. <laughs> This movie is a mess. <laughs> it's, a decent, it's a decent mess, but it's a mess. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, it's a, I this franchise as a whole, I think Scream recently overtook Nightmare on Elm Street as my favorite franchise after Scream Six. But what? No, do you not agree, Chris? I do not agree no? with that opinion. Well, I, and Nightmare on Elm Street is the franchise. I do. So yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> it's one of those franchises like Scream where you know, started by Wes Craven, and you can just go back to it again and again and again. It's just so much fun to revisit, like, even the bad ones, like, even Freddy's Dead. You know? Um, yeah. It's, it, yeah. It's just so much fun to revisit. So, you know, lots of camp queer joy. I mean, even when you look at stuff like parts three and four, they're very gay. Yeah, it, it's camp. It's camp. Yeah. Kruger is camp. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's Absolutely. Which, which is why, sorry to, like, talk about a different film but that's why in my opinion the remake while it has some decent parts it doesn't ultimately work because they tried to mess with the heart of the franchise which is yeah. Freddy Krueger and make him more gritty and real and I'm like that's not what I go to a Nightmare on Elm Street movie for I go to yeah. it for campy Freddy Krueger who's kind of creepy and you know <laughs> absolutely and that's we our very first original versus remake was on a Nightmare on Elm Street and that re- I've not watched the remake since because analyzing it for the podcast just made me hate it even more. Like it's the it's the only one in the <laughs> franchise I would not revisit because in, in my mind it just doesn't exist anymore. It's just a miserable time. No fun <laughs> with that one. No, yeah. no, it, it wasn't good, girls. It wasn't no. good. But this uh first sequel, directed by Jack Shoulder, uh, who directed The Hidden. Renegades, Arachnid, Wishmaster 2, Evil Never Dies, Generation X, Sketch Artist 2, Hands That See. Yes, the erotic thriller with Courtney Cox. Oh. <laughs> Alone in the Dark and more. Um, yeah. Career after this. He had a, he had a career. Um, more on that shortly. Yeah, he, um, well, I mean, have you seen Sketch Artist 2, The Hands That See? <laughs> <laughs> I fully uh, intend on it. Were you one of the ten people who have seen that movie? <laughs> <laughs> tens on tens on tens have seen that movie. Watched it. I starred in it. <laughs> Written by David Chaskin, uh, who wrote The Curse, I Madman, Monsters, Midnight's Child, and Love Hurts. And of course, based on characters by the legend that is Wes Craven, uh, who I mean. We've discussed enough West Cranfield. You know who he is now. You, you, you don't need an introduction. Um, He's the one... Didn't he present Carnival of Souls? Let's not talk about That's Carnival of Souls. That's my favourite. Um, budget, <laughs> $3 million. And it made $30 million at the box office. Yes. Um, Which is good. That's a hit. Yeah. That's a hit. That's a, well... Yeah, they were a fuck ton afterwards, so it must yeah. have done well. Yeah. Critically, it wasn't received so well. No. But again, with the same thing about the career of Jack Shoulder, we'll get to that shortly. Um, but had this film failed, New Line Cinema wouldn't have survived. Like this hit big enough to finally give the studio some cash flow, 
again, New Line Cinema is very much the studio that Freddie built. Yes. You know? um, in the following years, they had further success. They had the Critters films, of course, uh, more John Waters movies that they released. Um, however, all of this was uncertain back when the film was being made, and Robert Shea uh, micromanaged every aspect of the production, regularly confusing crew members by stepping over the line and offering understandably uneasy relationships between Robert Shea and Jack Shoulder. On top of this, the production was remarkably rushed, slotted for November 1st, 1985, when the first film was only November 9th the year before. As a result, tensions were high, the hours were long and the work was hard, and there was no real time to stop and second-guess the direction of the film. Uh, and in the documentary, uh, Never Sleep Again, Robert Englund recalls several moments during filming, like the full sequence, uh, where he struggled with playing the part because so much of it felt like it was against the rules in the first installment. And I think that's very much evident in the fact that it was rushed. Yeah. I think it's evident that a lot of the sequels that followed just completely ignored this film. Yeah. The characters yeah. are never to be mentioned again. You know, Dream Warriors is really a continuation of the first film. Yeah. Um, none of what's established in this film really comes back at all. So it is yeah. it's a weird anomaly in, in the series where it just kind of sticks out like a big gay thumb, you know, yeah. and it it doesn't really fit. Um well, it's wild to me because, you know, having, I'm such a huge fan of the documentary um, Scream Queen, yes. which is about the making of this film and all of the stuff that the filmmakers tried to pin on Mark Patton, who was at the time not openly queer in Hollywood because it wasn't smart to do it in the, in the 80s, you know, it's gotten a little better today. We could talk about where it is and where it isn't, yeah. but um. And I honestly, because like I, I love Jesse as a character, and I think it sucks that these filmmakers just couldn't get their shit together to figure out what to do with this this queer character. Like if they had really leaned into the queerness of this film and celebrated it and talked about it, I think that the, I think that maybe not in the moment when it was released, which we talked about that it was, you, you mentioned that it was a somewhat of a uh, box office success. Yeah. It might've hurt it in the, in the, in the momentary box office, but I think it would have helped it in the um, zeitgeist of horror fans and specifically queer horror fans, which I think today's opinion of that film would have been so much better if they had just, accepted it because it was wild to me that even in that documentary at the end of everything when mark had his sit down with the two filmmakers they still yeah. said they didn't make a queer film a queer yeah. film and i said what how can they deny i mean i'm gonna i'm bring it forward because usually we would uh do this after the cast discussion but um a question we ask all of our pride month films is what makes this queer and honestly the fact that this film is queer is the one thing that everyone knows about it. Like it's it's unavoidable now. Everyone knows this as the gay one. Um, and and as you were saying, you know, there is a documentary dedicated to this entirely, and it is fantastic. Um, I highly recommend it. 
Um, but to give a brief a brief overview, the film was released, it made money, but it received so much backlash be, backlash because of the gay overtones, and they are, it's not subtext. It is in your text. face. <laughs> yeah, it is text. It's just text. <laughs> Uh, the filmmakers and writers refused to admit that they knew anything about this. And it was all blamed on Mark Patton, uh, completely ruining his career until recent years where he's reclaimed it. And the film is now embraced by the LGBTQ plus community. Um, but very, yeah, this absolutely ruined Mark Patton's career. And the director, going back to what I was saying earlier, is like, Still in the 90s, still making films, still making money, still got a career. Yeah, yeah it, it's a difficult one because on one hand, obviously Mark Patton's career was, you know, damaged by being in this film and by they, uh, the filmmakers putting the blame on him for the, the gay text of the film. But also it's kind of kept his name out there yeah. all these years the film does have a cult following he is going to screening you know and it's many years later but he is going to screenings mm. he is being asked for autographs he is being able to make a documentary to tell his story the question always is what if if the blame hadn't been put on mm. him where could his career have gone after that? And I suppose that will always be a question. Yeah. But it's a double-edged sword because the notoriety of the film has made it a cult classic mm. and in many ways has made Mark Patton, at least in this household, a household name. Yeah. There are I, I, in the other sequels, you know, I wouldn't be able to tell you their names. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I can't really name anyone besides Patricia Arquette. <laughs> I, I literally, Mark Patton, Patricia Arquette, and uh, Nancy, uh, Heather Leggencamp. Those yeah. are the, and uh, Johnny Depp, of course. Those are the only, like, four or five actors in this whole franchise that I could, like, this person, this person, this person, this person. And I think that to a certain audience, this film holds a really special place, a queer audience, obviously. Yeah. But I think, and I talk about this a little bit in the documentary about just the, the real backlash he received after the film was released by horror fans as a whole. Because, you know, I'm sure you both have witnessed this too. Horror fans, up until like maybe the past like five, ten years, have been predominantly cis white straight dudes. Yeah. And that's been the voices in horror for the longest time. And so... Of course, they didn't understand this movie. They didn't get the horror of having Freddy inside of, in quotation marks. I forget, I forget people can't see me. <laughs> but like Freddy inside of you gonna, you know, come out and kill a bunch of people. Like they didn't, they're not gonna get that sub or not subtext, like as we said, they're not gonna get that symbolism, that text that a lot of queer folks are gonna get. So I think that it is interesting, like you said, where where would Mark Patton be today if that wasn't blamed on him and wasn't essentially outed by this film? Mm. And it's, you know, because right before he did this movie, he did uh, come back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy D, Jimmy D with Cher, which wasn't a huge success, but it was a pretty uh, 
a critical success for the most yeah. part and also queer and that didn't ruin his career so it's like yeah no that's very true that's very true i mean we love that film don't we the, robert Altman's one of my favorite directors yeah. love that yeah. film um yeah it, it's an interesting point an interesting uh thing to think about where his career maybe would have gone if he hadn't have done a nightmare on elm street 2 mm-hmm. um yeah but probably more prestigious work Plus, he decided to go for yeah. He he auditioned for the the first first film. Um, but it's also in many ways brought him closer to the gay community. Yeah, too because of the film, and that must be a nice thing for him. And and I'm I'm sure he's he's living a very happy life now, from what I've seen online. Um, Well, he he essentially for a long time moved like he hasn't lived in america since the 90s i think i don't know when he moved out there and i recently like in the past year i know he had some medical issues that he had to like crowdsource for so he's definitely still having some struggles but and that's only because the country that he's living in yeah does not have the, the the infrastructure that the u.s does but uh yeah no i do think that this film in today's world has definitely and the and the documentary helped out a lot with that yes. as well. Uh it endeared him to the LGBTQ plus community. And um so yeah, I think for that reason today, I think that's maybe why he sees it as kind of a double-edged sword. Yeah. Yeah. He was recently in Swallowed. Swallowed, which yes. was an incredible yeah. film. Go watch it. It's so good. We are desperate to see we, it. Yeah. And annoyingly, we missed out on our chance to watch it. Yeah. So oh, we're, so we're kind of desperate for it to be released. And, and who? there's another female in that movie that I can't place her right now. But anyway, she's also a huge name, too. Yeah. Um. Well, I think that's a good segue to talk about the cast. Yes, in a section we like to call, Hey, I Know You. Oh, it's Pride Month. Gay, I know you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, fitting uh, because first of all, Mark Patton is Jesse Walsh, as we mentioned, star of Come Back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean, Family Possessions, Swallowed, Amateurville Clown House, Anna to the Infinite Power, and more. Uh, yeah, his career is definitely he's definitely getting more roles in recent years, which is great to see. Um, Brad Pitt, John Stamos, and Christian Slater all auditioned for the role. Michael J. Fox was considered for the role of Jesse, but was unable to because of his commitments with Back to the Future and Team Wolf. I mean, wow. <laughs> Imagine if it was Brad Pitt or Michael J. Fox. That would have been... Imagine yeah, they could blame it on him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean... It, he's great in it. He he's so much fun to watch. He's just such a good actor. I mean, he fully embraces the male screen queen, which he would have been the first one. And yes, he's he's so good at it. I I, I really love Mark Patton. He's great. There's a likability there. Yeah, that's sort of integral to the role. Yeah. Um, well, it, it, it so well. He is the perfect first, you know, final boy because. He is so likable, like you said. He is charming without being too much, 
and he's dealing with, you know, his burgeoning sexuality that he doesn't really know what to do with. And I, you know, I love the moments of joy that we get from him in this film. Yeah. That, you know, I think that it's an easy read of this movie to be about, you know, this is about the fear of coming out, which, okay, sure. That's a pretty obvious read. But the moments of like pure joy that I see in him, I those are my favorite parts of this movie. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, particularly as much as he apparently hated it, that dance scene. It's I, iconic. If I ever meet him, I'm gonna say, look, girl, I <laughs> love that scene. Yes. Those shades and that little <laughs> pelvic dress he does. I was like, you are a and that was an awakening moment for me. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Kim Myers is in this as Lisa Weber, supposedly only cast because she looked like Meryl Streep. And she does look that, a lot that like Meryl Streep. Uh, this is her first film role, and she was also in How Raise a Bloodline, poor thing, Key West, Letters from a Killer, Seinfeld, uh, Perversions of Science, White Palace, Illegally Yours, State Park, and more. Yeah, I think she's have to steady career in sort of small parts yeah. in films. Yeah, she was also in a couple. Of, yeah, t- I think she's done a lot of TV, which hey, yeah, it pays, girl. Get your money. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Robert Russler is Ron Grady. He was in Weird Science, Russian. Sometimes they come back. Pretty Boy, Vamp, Murder She Wrote, The uh, Substitute, Amityville, A New Generation, and more. So many. Sorry. How many ties to Amityville are we going to get? With I know, movie? yeah. Like, everyone has not been in an Amityville film. Uh, it's amazing to me how, like, the whole cast of Nightmare on Elm Street have been in Murder, She Wrote. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm living for it. Um, yeah, he, he was so attractive. Ooh, yeah. He still is attractive, but he was real attractive back in the day. Yeah, you, you see why Jesse um, was gravitating towards him. And the the relationship they had. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know any any true blooded gay guy would uh, go with Meryl Streep. I feel, <laughs> I feel like I would have. Oh yeah, I'd be her best friend, but I would want to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got Clue Gulliger as Ken Walsh, uh, which who's... sounds like a fake name. It does. It's his name, name. <laughs> Clue Gulliger. Yeah. Uh, he was in Return of the Living Dead, Beast, The Last Picture Show, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Initiation, The Collection, Piranha Free Double D, and more. Yeah, he was he'd been in quite a few films before A Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Obviously, he's uh um an older guy. Yeah. <laughs> he plays his dad. Yeah. He was in the last picture show as well, which a film I love. I'm, I'm just gonna put it out there right now before we even jump into the film. I fucking hated his character in this so much. He's yeah. so unlikable. Like he's the complete opposite end of Mark Patton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the yeah. homophobic dad. <laughs> and uh Hope Lang plays Cheryl Walsh, yes. star of Death Wish, Blue Velvet, Clear and Present Danger, Just Course, Before He Wakes, Paint in Place. Murder, She Wrote, Bus Stop, and more. Yeah, Another Mother, who was uh, Oscar-nominated yeah. for the film. Um, love a bit of Hope Lang. Um, love Peyton Place, Blue Velvet. What a queen. Yeah, the, the better of the two parents. 
Oh no, I was comparing her to Ronnie Blakely in the first one. No, I mean in this she's better. Than oh, I thought, I thought you said she's better than Ronnie Blakely. God, no. I don't fucking think she's better than Mark. Oh, she is my favorite Mark. character in that first movie. <laughs> I she, live for the drunk mom. I oh, live yeah. for her. <laughs> That's what what's what Hope Lang was missing. The yeah, scene where she <laughs> lights a cigarette in a really camp way. Robert Englund finally plays Freddy Krueger again. He's, uh, of course, the face of the rest of the franchise. Uh, he's an urban legend, Wishmaster, The Mangler, Stranger Things, Dead and Buried, Death Trap, and more. New Line Cinema originally didn't ask him back. They actually wanted a stuntman to pay him. They didn't want to give him a pay rise. Wow. And uh, they quickly realized that was a terrible idea. <laughs> and uh, eventually they uh, they got him back. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. Yeah. So we love the franchise as a whole. Yeah. And we watch lots of documentaries about A Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, one thing that comes up a lot is that... Robert Sh- Bob Shay, should I say? Uh, Bob Shay doesn't come across as the greatest guy. No, he comes across as someone who sticks his nose in when it's not needed. Yeah, uh, refuses to pay people, thinks he knows better than everybody else, and um, I much prefer his sister. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds accurate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but also Freddy Krueger in this film, the makeup, uh, they tried to give him a sort of male witch look and make him a little more demonic looking. And I'll say this, this might not be the scariest film in the franchise, but I think this is the scariest version of Freddy we get. Like the makeup wise for some reason. Yeah? Yeah. I can I can be down with that. Unless actually maybe New Nightmare might just oh. be a little bit for that, but I always remember, and this is my history of the film, I was obsessed with this franchise from a very young age. And this one, I couldn't get past the bus scene at the start because I was terrified. I had fucking nightmares about it. And it took me a while to watch the whole film. Um, so ironic. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I finally watched it, I realised a lot about myself. Yeah. <laughs> but Jesse? yeah, no, I, I, always thought, I, I always thought he just looks so good. Uh, I mean, Robert England's always great, but yeah. I mean, what's uh, what? What's your history? When did when did you first watch it, Trent? Oh, I mean, as a teenager, I was obsessed with horror films from so so young that I would just go to our you know movie rental for those young listeners out there. If you're out there listening, there used to be buildings that you would go to, <laughs> and uh, it was uh... like Netflix, and you had to pick <laughs> which one you wanted to watch. Anyways, I would just go down the line. I mean, I watched all of the, like, the good ones, the bad ones, everything. So I watched this as a young guy, as a young teen. I don't know that I necessarily picked up on all of the, the what was going on, but I definitely enjoyed that it was a final boy who was with a girl, but, like, he wasn't really interested in her. Like, <laughs> he was, you know, obviously much more interested in his best friend, which I... At the time, don't know where I was in my coming out process, but um, I definitely found some a kindred spirit, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> What's your history, Chris? Um, well, I watched the first one 
first, obviously. Um, best way to do it with this franchise. Um, and I sort of got around to watching this one, and I, I was quite young as well, and I'd heard that it was the gay one, but I didn't really understand what that entailed. Like, I didn't really understand that the S&M bar was a gay bar <laughs> or why it was a gay bar. Well, and in, in our defense that, you know, if you don't know at the time, I was like, what's drag? Those drag queens were not necessarily, you know, I didn't know that I clocked them as drag queens back in the yeah. day. But I mean, they're very obviously drag queens today, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> That's not how drag is in the UK. <laughs> that wasn't. <laughs> that wasn't how we were brought up with drag. Yeah, drag in the UK is mostly. Uh, it, well, growing up, it was like northern older drag queens with that very. Mm. Have you seen any seasons of UK Drag Race? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's very much exactly that. Like bag of chips. That's what drag queens have always, always been like, were like bag yeah. of chips yeah like bag of chips <laughs> definitely cigarette and well and well and i will say these drag queens in this film are very much the straight man's idea of what drag is i don't know yeah. if they necessarily understood the true art form of drag which is probably why it wasn't that clockable it was you know yeah. as a kid <laughs> Okay, let's talk about our feature presentation. Watch out for him. It started to happen again. Dad! I'm in trouble. You've had some scary dreams, okay? Help! Daddy can't help you now. Freddy is back on Elm Street, and he's not a welcome visitor. A Nightmare on Elm Street, part two. Freddy's Revenge, rated R from New Line Cinema. Now showing at a theater near you. So five years after Freddy Krueger's uh, apparent defeat, the Walshers have moved into Nancy Thompson's former house. Their teenage son, sweaty twink Jesse, has a nightmare about being stalked by Krueger driving a school bus. He and two homophobic girls who just keep laughing at him on the bus for some reason uh, are on a school bus being driven by Robert Englund out of drag. He changes into quick Freddy drag drives them out into the middle of the desert, makes the ground fucking disappear beneath the bus, laughs at them for a bit, scrapes his glove along a bit, and uh, attacks them. And we get that trans transitioned into a shot of a uh, tomato being cut by Cheryl Walsh. <laughs> Let's get this out there straight away. This is one of the sweatiest films <laughs> I have ever seen. Everyone right. is perspiring yeah. constantly. Now, I've... in some ways, it's very good, some not so great. And uh, I'll, yeah. I'll explain when that is. <laughs> um, <laughs> another question, this start. He's having a dream about being on the school bus. Yeah. But he drives. <laughs> and at the end of the film, he's, <laughs> he's back on the school, back bus. On the school bus. <laughs> in what could or could not be a dream, we don't know, we never find out. But he drives. He does. So why are his dreams about being on the school bus? <laughs> he drives to school. Um, well, is it is it like 
you know, you're dreaming of what you, you like the situation you used to be in. Maybe I don't know. I'm probably overthinking it a lot. Oh, like but... if I dreamt about being in a, I, like a physical education class. I <laughs> dream that I'm in college all the time, and I don't <laughs> understand why. I had a decent <laughs> college experience, but like I am constantly dreaming that I am back in school or late to class, and I get there and I'm <laughs> naked or like. I go, I'm in a show and I go to curtain call and no one claps for me. Like, I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely makes more sense. When you look at it like that, that definitely makes sense. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, I'm glad he's on the bus because I think it's such a great opening sequence. Um, again, scared the shit out of me when I was younger. And yeah. it's just, it really throws you into it straight away. Yeah, he's got his greasy hair. He has. And his eyeliner. I feel like he was wearing <laughs> eyeliner. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The lighting and makeup in this scene is not great, but <laughs> I think this is one of the best opening scenes of a nightmare movie. Maybe even just second to the first one. Maybe. It maybe even beat the second one. I don't know. Or the first one. I I I think this opening scene is really fun. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think it's also in keeping with what a dream is. Dreams mm. can be over the top and ridiculous. Or like one minute, yeah, one minute you're in a bus and there's someone laughing at you and the next minute, like there's no transition. The next no. minute you're like on a cliff and <laughs> yeah. teetering back and forth. What about, <laughs> what's going to happen? You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, those two bitches got work to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did they survive? Because that's the thing. Terry dreams... and Sherry. <laughs> The dreams in this film don't quite match up with what happens with the dreams in the first film. Mm. So this is very much Freddy trying to come into the real world uh, and so on. But like scenes like this is like, okay, there's two girls. Are we assuming they're dead now? But it's fine. I'm just grateful the sequence exists. Called a and rush script. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, after uh, Jesse wakes up from this nightmare, he lets out one hell of a scream. And his sister, Angie Walsh, asks her mum, Mummy, why can't Jesse wake up like everyone else? And she's like, oh, he's all right. He's just having a bad dream. You know what's yeah. the case? We wake <laughs> up dramatic. <laughs> we can't even sleep and not be dramatic. Like, yeah. we wake up. <laughs> I wake up like this every day. Every single day. Without of that, every it's day. either waking up screaming or it's waking up like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> Never or when just, you... like, good morning, let's do this. <laughs> or when you reach your 30s and you wake up like, oh, God, I can't right. get out of bed, my back. <laughs> right. Or if you had one drink the night before, you're like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I liked how his nightmare woke him up literally a minute before his alarm went off. Yeah. <laughs> happens to me all the time. <laughs> What I didn't like is uh, sister's choice of cereal. Fu, Fu Manchu's. Yes. Yes. It is um, very 80s. It's very, yeah, very Obviously, Fu Manchu, a very, let's say, racist caricature. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. History. Um, I understand why they chose Fu Manchu because of the, the nails and, and such as the prize, but they're not, it's not a real cereal, is it? I, I Googled it and it doesn't appear to be a real cereal. I've Google never choose. heard of it or seen it or thought of, yeah, never, yeah. No, okay. Side note, you know what was a real cereal? What? 
uh, Strawberries and Screams, the Scream series. Yes, I remember. Oh my god. Literally, we looked everywhere in the UK for that, and we could not find. We could find the Jaws one. We could find the Back to the Future cereal, but not the fucking Scream cereal. Like seriously. (laughs) (laughs) So, if any of our listeners still have Scream cereal, just send it our way. We ain't gonna eat it. It's probably out of date now. (laughs) Radioactive now. (laughs) Stale. It'd be like rock hard. Uh, Jesse wakes up in his tighty whities and uh, attributes the dream to unusual heat in the room. Like, this house gets to 97 degrees at one point. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I do appreciate the use of the tighty whities in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Another reason why I'm like, you didn't know you were making a, a what? You didn't. The you camera didn't. is on them. The camera is right. on them the entire time. It's <laughs> The costume are new. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else knew but you, okay? <laughs> Uh, Angie finds the uh, Fu Manchu fingers in a cereal and puts them on to uh, Jesse's horror. Uh, but he doesn't really do anything about it. He just goes to school with his friend Lisa, uh, whom he is uh, he's good friends with, his best gal pal. Um, and I feel like there's a different intention there. For, well, at first, I don't think there is a different intention from Lisa until she speaks to Kerry, who's kind of like, are you, uh, you getting any yet? And she's like, no, it's just my ride to school. I was like, hmm. Yeah, I think every gay film, every coming out film, has to have the uh, straight like, girl getting a likable straight white girl <laughs> who gets a heartbroken. I think it, it's inevitable. And poor Lisa, she um, I think I feel like if he had just come out to her, she would have been okay with it. Oh yeah, but maybe he was stringing her along a little bit and not, you know. Yeah. Being, I mean, probably. Know. Let's be real. I mean. What I, I all of my straight girlfriends have all at least had one, if not multiple, exes who are now gay. Like <laughs> it's uh, it's rampant out here, and you know. And I will say this: speaking on just the cast again, really quickly, I do love that these three, um, Mark Patton, Kim Myers, and Robert uh, Rustler, are all still really close. Like they're all yeah, still even like. Uh, Robert and Kim stuck by Mark throughout that whole backlash and all of that. I think that that's super cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was lovely to see them uh, all together on the uh, Screen Queen documentary. And it's good to see us all doing cons and stuff together. And there is a chemistry between them. Yeah. I think. I actually oh, yeah. think the acting in this film is very good. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that together, they do have a good chemistry. They're yeah. Not always in scenes together, but. No, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. The problems with this movie have nothing to do with the actors. None. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of chemistry, after getting into a uh, homoerotic fight with uh, Grady during gym class, where Jesse uh, gets his trousers pulled time. down mm-hmm. and we, we get a good flash of Matt Patton's ass. That was a good uh, moment. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Schneider has him stay after class and they become friends. Um, yeah, this scene, like seriously, Jack Shoulder <laughs> sat behind a camera and watched this and went out there and interviewed and said, no, I had no idea. Again, right, again, I asked, <laughs> you had no idea? <laughs> what did you think you were, what did, what? Uh, I just. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, when I eventually watched it in full for the first time, this is my first moment, I was like, oh. 
<laughs> what is this? <laughs> one of them is lying. They may both be lying. That's pretty. Yeah. That could be very real. One of them is definitely lying. It's either either the director or the writer. One of them is lying. I think the writer <laughs> have to be. did say that it was meant to be obviously meant to be subtext, but I think Jack shoulder turned it into way more <laughs> i think he maybe got a little muddled about what should be subtext and what shouldn't be uh-huh. and just threw everything into it yeah maybe he needs to go back to school and learn the definition of subtext yeah <laughs> as i said this is not sub. this is text <laughs> yeah and that brings me to the dialogue for this scene as well exact dialogue from the film first we get assumed the position and then it's how long do you think he'll keep us out here? It could be all night. This guy gets his rocks off like this. He hangs out at all the queer S&M joints downtown. He likes pretty boys like you. Boom. Mic <laughs> drop. Like, I just, what is, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. My, my thing was, strangely, it didn't feel like Grady was, disgusted or repulsed by this no 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 it was kind of just a little tidbit just like hey here's the tea yeah um, especially for the... judging it yeah right especially for the 80s grady comes off as like the friend every gay boy needed to have yeah the straight man Boy, boyfriend that's not a boyfriend <laughs> that every gay boy needed to have because he's not offended by anything he might be a little weird like what is going on here I don't understand but like he's never offended like he's never aggressive towards Jesse he's never like bro what's going on why are you yeah. hitting on me but like yeah I think especially for 1985 <laughs> yes oh my god if this is any other film in 1985 He'd have said the F slur at least twice. At least. Like, yeah. <laughs> at least. Can we just um, discuss Kerry, please? Kerry. I'm not enjoying this <laughs> Kerry erasure. Boy crazy. Yeah. Kerry. Yeah. Um, she asks Lisa, so you getting any lease? Yeah. And then says, nice ass. She which, does say nice is, ass. Which is not like, nice ass. <laughs> nice ass. She's like, yeah. hypnotized by Mark Patton's butt cheeks. We, she and I would be best friends. Yeah. <laughs> but that girl, come sit by me. We gotta talk. <laughs> uh, well, Grady provides some Nancy Thompson exposition in the locker room whilst uh, he and Jesse are getting changed. Uh, he says that she went crazy because her mum locked her inside and she watched her boyfriend get butchered across the street. Uh, so, yes. If that's Nancy if that's what we call unbutchered, I guess. Stuck yeah. in your mattress and <laughs> geysered out. <laughs> but, but no mention of anyone else. No mention Tina, of Tina, no mention of Tina. There is one mention of Tina. Is there? Where they're reading the diaries. Oh, Tina's dead? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what well, The thing is, though, this is crazy Nancy Thompson who went insane. Yeah. The Nancy Thompson we then get in Dream Warriors is successful psychiatrist. Yeah. The pill popper. But it's it's a successful psychiatrist yes. Nancy Thompson <laughs> right. who serves Grey Streak. Whereas yeah. in this film it's like, oh, she went loopy. She went she went somewhere else. She's been locked up ever since. Right. 
And I do think they were definitely trying to like pull away from this movie a lot, obviously, but I will say too, and I'm it's been a minute since I've watched three, so I could be way off here or I could be making this up in my head. But I do think she has a some dialogue in that film where she talks about how she was committed and like she was in a, in a similar situation to what these kids were in. Oh yeah, I think you're right actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that they do kind of allude to that she has a a mental health past yeah. that we just don't talk about. Well, do you know in your research, and I don't know if it's out there or not, was there ever the intention of the sequel being about Nancy Thompson? She was never offered a chance to return. It's called Freddy's Revenge. Yeah. <laughs> I don't... That title must have come up I don't know. It makes no sense. No. Yeah, and she—I mean, she was as big a part of that first film as Freddie. Yeah. You know, she was iconic, yeah. and she should have came back. But no, apparently they can't even recall if there were any discussions about it in New Line back then. That she just wasn't asked. Was she was Heather Langenkamp in just the ten of us at that point? Potentially, maybe. Potentially. Um, but yeah, it's so strange. Uh, I mean. Kind of glad because, I mean, we've got this film, animates her, returning Dream Warriors even better. But yeah, it, it makes you wonder again how different things would have been if she was right. in this. And I don't necessarily think I need Nancy in this movie, but I need to have a, like, maybe Jesse was her cousin. Some connection. Yeah. Yeah. There's just nothing. Just it, nothing. It is confusing because it's never really given a reason why it was Jesse. Because his parents have moved from out of town. So they would never right. have been part of, you know, the, the parents that burnt him alive. Right. Or so, if there was some connection to, yeah, like, El, I guess he's on Elm Street and maybe his mm-hmm. revenge is on the community. And that's why he's trying to, like, come into the real world and kill everybody. But it's like, it's just not reading as revenge to me. Like no, no. And if this... anything, it's like a haunted house thing. Yeah, where right. it's like Freddie sort of died in that house when Nancy defeated him, and so he's come back to haunt that house. Mm. That's the only real connection I yeah. get there, because why Jesse? Yeah, really. Well. But yeah. lesbian Nancy Thompson would have been <laughs> that amazing. Would have been amazing yeah. <laughs> it would have explained why she never put out Johnny Depp. Yeah. <laughs> Before Johnny Depp went out. Uh, uh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> 1984 Johnny Depp. Yeah, that um, was a very different Johnny Depp though. Who we yes. <laughs> there is some dialogue with Nancy coming up uh, from her journal that I cannot wait to discuss because it makes you question if the, the writer of this film even watched the first That is very true. That is very but true. before we get to that point, Jesse has another nightmare. Uh, he watches Freddy putting something in the boiler uh, before running into him in the hallway. And the first thing Freddy says is, Daddy can't help you now. Oh. <laughs> he starts fucking caressing his face with his finger gloves, like finger, glo- finger knives. And he says, I need you, Jesse. We've got special work to do here, you and me. You've got the body, and I've got the brains. He then pulls his skin back from his head 
Not his foreskin. <laughs> Excuse me. And you it's didn't know. And you didn't know. And you didn't know. And you what? You didn't know what? Like, I just... Seriously? Like, <laughs> he. I mean, they suggested initially. Another bit of trivia. They suggested that Freddie puts the blade in his mouth, oh, and Mark Patton was like, "No, absolutely not." Like, <laughs> they wanted it to be but even there, <laughs> but you didn't know. I just, I just. And also, is he crying oh. a Pet Shop Boys song? Maybe the brains. Let's make sense so many. <laughs> that makes it even gayer. But this is iconic, though. Freddie like pulling his skin back to show his brains. It's like, oh my god, yes, it's lit brilliantly. What you? You've what about me? Well, you've ruined it now because I compared it to his foreskin. <laughs> I'm I'm making it even gayer. <laughs> but the, it's such a good scene. Um and yeah, and then it's followed by a completely nonsensical scene. <laughs> Jesse falls asleep in biology class the next day and has a snake appear next to him. <laughs> what? What's it there for? I think oh. maybe they're trying to have an allude allusion to the first movie with Nancy. Falling yeah. asleep in class and seeing Tina being dragged around like a rag doll, maybe, but that's a stretch. Yeah. But then the suggestion is that Grady put the snake on him. Who suggests that? The way he's laughing at him, oh, like, looking was... and laughing like it's a prank. I thought it was having a cute moment. No, yeah, but if this snake had appeared out of thin air whilst yeah. he was asleep, do you not think people would have been shocked rather than laughing at him like it was a Frank, I feel like they were they were bluffing and they were trying they were going to do the the Nancy Thompson moment mm. where she freaks out in class, but it was a red herring because it was a prank by Grady. Right, but also Ooh, where are these Britney teachers? Spears. Yeah, where where are the teachers here? Like, I know, yeah. you just <laughs> let people bring live snakes into your classroom yeah. and turn them on people like. But the snake what was in the tank behind Jesse. Was it? Yeah. Oh. So, I've never noticed so that. So the insinuation is that Grady snuck over to the other side of the room, grabbed this giant snake <laughs> out of the tank, put it around Jesse without the teacher noticing, so that then Jesse gets into trouble when he screams with a giant snake around him. And right. that's... And that's scene. Wow. That's I mean, all I've got to say about that is Lin Shay would never. Lin Shay would never. Lin Shay would have had that snake. <laughs> she would have wrapped window. it around her. She, she started performing, I'm a slave for you. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yes, I need that. No, I need that moment. <laughs> yeah, the, te- the teacher says, if you want to play with animals, Mr. Walsh, join the circus. And then that's it. That's the scene. They're the only place to play with animals. Yeah, the, the only place. No zoos. Only place. No safaris. No forests. Your front yard. Nope. No pet shops. Pet shop. Right. None. Where did you get your snake from? <laughs> your friend's house. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have an iconic scene incoming. Ken tells Jesse to clean his room, uh, which has a no out of town chick sign on the door. Boom. Also, just say no chicks. No chicks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So apparently the production designer was gay. So he put Obviously. little things in there as like little uh, Easter eggs and such, but it just added to everything else that was going on. He knew. He knew. <laughs> yeah. Like the, he has a board game called Probe in his wardrobe. <laughs> it, it doesn't, he, it, wait, doesn't he have a poster of like somebody in his room? He does. I know. I think it was Simple Minds he had. Um, there was it's another one now. He did have a yeah. Simple Minds poster. There was someone else. Yeah. Grady has more posters. Yeah, Grady has Tina Turner. Rest in peace. Rest in, Rest in peace. peace. Rest in legacy. Love her. Yes. Yeah. Simply the best. Anyways, I'm probably making it up, but yeah, no, he knew. And he was like telling the director and the writer, like, yeah, no, this is yeah. it. No one will understand. It's all subtext. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jesse goes to his room. He uh, puts on Touch Me All Night Long by Wish and Fonda Ray. He puts some clothes in his drawer and he's like, how do you like that, Dad? And then he closes, the his, sock <laughs> he closes his sock drawer with his ass and he just... And I was never the same. The greatest dance of all time. <laughs> It's just... the greatest dance in a horror film, absolutely. Yeah. Granted, the bar's not high for that. I mean, what's their what's your other options? Like prom Tristan night? Glover. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I love this scene. If we're going for silly dances, I mean the best dance in a horror film is uh, Grace Jones in Vamp. I mean oh, right. I'm going yes. I'm going like fun in your room dance, not like Yeah, not, not, not like actual dancing. <laughs> Full on production. <laughs> yeah. right. My apologies for wanting a bit of skill in my dances. I don't apologize. There is skill in this dance. I mean <laughs> he's on beat. Yeah, yeah. I... Number one, I don't understand is how do you like that, Dad? But he's gonna like it because he's told you to clean <laughs> like, yeah, well done. Like, but you're not getting back at your dad by putting your socks <laughs> in the drawer. How do you like that? But dad? when you're a teenager, exactly but when you're a teenager, everything seems like a rebellion. Like, when you're yeah. a teenager, you're like, yeah, mom, I made an A. Ha! <laughs> I showed you I can put my socks in a drawer. Fuck you, dad. <laughs> Up the toilet. <laughs> yeah, next I'm gonna mop the floor. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, of course, a homage to Risky Business, and, and Mark Patton was just so reluctant to do the scene, so embarrassed by it. Um, uh, but again, he says that you know he everything in this film was scripted, everything he does. So yeah, it, again, I, you know it. And, you know, I think that part of that probably comes from his fear of his closetedness. Yeah, like, yeah. You, it's, it's so terrifying to be happy when you're in the closet, which is so mm -hmm. sad to those yeah. people that are in the closet. I, you know, I love and support everyone yeah. on your journey of wherever you're at. But there's just so such fear of, and I, I'm talking from my own experience, of being happy and being just like, yeah, shaking your ass if you want to shake your ass or closing your drawer with your ass if you want to. Like, I, yeah, I think that that comes from his own trauma of Definitely. being closeted in the cinema world in the 1980s, which shall we talk about the fact that AIDS was at its 
yes. hyped at this point, you know, could also add to some of this text that we've been talking about. Yeah, I don't think that's any coincidence. I, I feel like that was absolutely a massive part of why the script went in a direction that it did. Yeah, I, I think speaking from uh, personal experience, and you may be able to relate, there's moments growing up where i very conscious of coming across as camp. The way absolutely. I say something or the way I walk or the way I hold something. And for a closeted actor to have to act out this very camp dance, it must have been quite daunting, yeah. number one, because, you know, it's stupid. It is stupid. And number two, because, you know, it may make him seem camper or gayer mm. than mm-hmm. he wanted to be perceived as an actor. Absolutely. And I think that not in especially adding in the fact that he did not have a supportive um, production team in the creative team of this film adds to that. Yeah, they're telling him this whole time. Oh, this character is straight. I'm sure they're telling him so straight, 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 straight. But yet he's like, but why are you having me do this very obviously gay shit? Like in the last scene we talked about them wanting him to Freddie to put his knife in his mouth like yeah. why if i if you want me to do this then why are you doing this it just doesn't make sense and i i absolutely agree with you i think that that is a lot of his and probably the way he remembers this scene too you know um whereas we remember it completely different because it's a, it's something you, we could watch in our rooms and by ourselves and be like yeah. oh yeah that's me that's me you know whereas he had to live it and he yeah. couldn't secretly enjoy it and I, I, I hate that for him, but yeah. Absolutely. Um, unfortunately, Lisa comes to visit Jesse. Unfortunately. Well, I'm just disappointed she didn't join. <laughs> she I didn't did, join in. Cheryl didn't join in. She might join in. <laughs> and they might have had a little dance around. That song, by the way, I only knew the Kathy Dennis version. I didn't realize it was older than uh, the Kathy Dennis version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolute top tier banger. Um, mentioning Kathy Dennis, throw the name out there. <laughs> Anyone knows? <laughs> you know, you know. Uh, Lisa helps Jesse tidy his room. Uh, they discover Aww. some such a supportive friend. She That's is so nice. <laughs> She's a nice girl. They discover some jock itch spray. And Nancy Thompson's <laughs> diary, detailing her nightmares which are strikingly similar to Jesse's, but that's not the only thing it details. Lisa gives us a dramatic reading of uh, this high-class erotic diary. She's which could, It could be part of Fifty Shades of Grey. This is filthy stuff right here. Um, Lisa says, Sometimes when I'm lying in bed, I can see Glenn in the window across the way getting ready for bed. His body is slim and smooth. And I know I shouldn't watch him, but that part of me that wants him forces me to. That's when I weaken. That's when I want to go to him. Bitch, Nancy Thompson didn't speak like that. No. <laughs> no teenager writes like that. No. No teenager writes like Nancy that. Nancy Thompson, we know. I wish you spoke like that. I mean, no. I'd be living for it. <laughs> Nancy Thompson was the wholesome, virginal, final girl. <laughs> 
Well, and, you know, I get that she like plays with sexuality, sure, but like no one, no teenager is going to write like that. If no, she no. is writing about that kind of experience, it would be something like, "I was sitting in my bed and I saw, <laughs> I saw him across the street and he had his shirt off and he looked really cute, but I didn't really know what to do with myself." Like, not like, and he rolled his arms <laughs> up and caressed his like, no, no. <laughs> No teenage girl is um, a Harlequin novel. Like, <laughs> yeah, like Jane Austen. Yeah. Jane Austen without the class. Jane yeah. Austen class. <laughs> also, of, of, over the last five years, the the only thing Nancy Thompson has left in that house is her <laughs> diary. Like that is it. And- and is that jock is that jock itch? Is that hers or is it's that not hers? It could be. It's John Saxon's. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jesse reads a bit of uh, of this top erotic novel as well. And he's like, March 15th, he comes to me at night, horrible, ugly, dirty, under the sheets with me. That's Johnny Depp now. Said- <laughs> Accurate. The accurate. Mark Patton was ahead of his time. Yeah. <laughs> he was Doctor Who. He is Doctor Who. That's <laughs> he, he continues tearing at my nightgown with his steel claws. His name is Fred, and he keeps trying to take me to the boiler room. He wants to kill me, and then the scene like quickly ends. And like, oh well, that that got dark fast. Uh, never mind. <laughs> also, didn't Nancy always call him Freddy? I don't remember yeah. ever calling him Fred. Yeah. And she never wore a nightgown. She wore no. pajamas. Yeah. Tina wore the nightgown. Yes. And the mom and the drunk mom. I think she wore a yes, nightgown. Yes, that's true. Oh my god, maybe it's her oh diary. Oh my god, it's she was Marty's, watching Glenn. It's Marty's diary. Oh, I knew it. She was watching Johnny Depp that whole time. Wow. Except no, if it were her diary, like halfway through it would become like as a Wait, I can't read this next part. <laughs> it's all gibberish. It's all squiggles. Jesse wakes up in the middle of the night with various objects in his room mounting. He goes down to the boiler room where he finds Freddy's glove inside the boiler where he left it. And uh, Freddy tells him to put it on, try it on for size, and uh, to kill for him. And you didn't know. And you didn't know. <laughs> And then he disappears. So it's kind of like, okay, again, you know, going against the logic of the first film. It just Then it's the next day. So it's kind of like he doesn't have his big moments screaming, waking up. Um, he tells Lisa about it. Like, he did no filter there. It's just like, yeah, I am having the fucking weirdest dreams. And yeah, he, doesn't, he never hides anything from her, which is no. nice. See that and Lisa thinks he must be gay. Uh, psychic. <laughs> Sorry, I get those mixed up. <laughs> All gays are psychic. <laughs> he must have some sort of psychic ability. Yeah. Which I don't know. Like, psychic abilities with what? Just Nancy Thompson? <laughs> He's not to be seen. Um, very confusing. But he, yeah, he always spills the tea to Lisa. He does. Can't bring himself to spill it to Grady. Can he? Well, he does say to him in the next scene, Hey, Grady, do you remember your dreams? Yes. And Grady replies, only the wet ones. <laughs> Only the wet ones. Okay. And Jesse secretly thinks, are they about me? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Kerry asks Lisa about her upcoming party. And Lisa promises her dad won't be in charge of the moves at this time. Because last time, he just played Benny Goodman records all night. Who? Benny Goodman. You don't like Benny Goodman? No, I don't think he translates. <laughs> like Glenn <Glendon. laughs> uh, In the next scene, we uh, get a conversation in the locker room where uh, Grady says, Schneider's got a stick up his ass today. And Jesse says, Schneider's always got a stick up his ass. And he's there behind them. Oh, no. And you didn't know. <laughs> You didn't know. I, mean, I was going to say he's got a dildo up his ass or something. Like <laughs> he's always got a dildo up his he ass. Just starts fucking him in the locker room, and they're like, "Oh yeah, no, we had no idea." That's um, the porn yeah. parody. <laughs> Not on Elm Street Two. Freddy's dickening. <laughs> in brackets, we didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, in a bizarre series of events, the Walsh House reaches ninety-seven degrees, which causes. <laughs> The spontaneous combustion of their pet birds after they attack the family. Oh, no. I'm not doing it justice there. I, I swear to you, this scene is insane. The birds go apeshit around yeah. the room. and No, one of them kills the other one, doesn't it? Does it? I think it goes absolute apeshit <laughs> around the room yeah. and then just explodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, apparently that's what Freddy does now. And then after that happens... Jesse's dad, again, we haven't spoken enough about this piece of shit. Like, he is awful. He accuses him of setting up with firecrackers and a cherry bomb. You, you just watch this happen. You just watch these birds explode on their own. Like, what are you talking about? Right. He blames a gas leak to begin with. Doesn't... <laughs> Which I do a lot, actually. Uh... <laughs> um, and then blames Jesse who managed to get a cherry bomb in the bird's mouth. I don't yeah. know. I'm, what's a cherry bomb? I... They're, they're like little... I've never seen one in person. I've only seen them on movies, but they're very... They're like round bombs. They look like they have a stem. So they look like cherries. That's why they're called cherry bombs. Oh. I didn't know the song. <laughs> well, I do. Yeah, that's that's what happened. He uh, kept playing the runaways to the birds, and then they just went insane. Right. And just I don't know if anyone has ever used one. I just have seen it in movies. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean that would be banned in school so quickly here. <laughs> Everything used yeah. to get banned, didn't it? Uh huh. Yeah. Firecrackers. I mean, I, the whole the whole idea that he thinks that he set this up is just so silly. I I don't even know. Why that would be included in the script? A, a character can't be that stupid. He's just an old stiff, isn't he? That's yeah. how he's coming across. So I do feel like, and this this is no shade to the actors, but I do feel like his parents are maybe a little older. It, yeah, kids. So yeah, like and particularly his sister, who seems quite young. Mm. Um, I mean, Hope Lang was in Peyton Place, Oscar nominated in the fifties. Like thirty years before, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um. Speaking of an old stiff, Jesse wakes up and goes to Don's place, a gay bar. Um. He's caught by Schneider in full S and M gear, ordering a drink from bartender Robert Shea, who's also in full S and M gear. You know, Bob Shea, as you do, the producer who right. claimed to have no idea this is a gay film. Now. This no. guy, 
he wanted to play Grady's dad originally. And the director was like, absolutely not. No, you're not a fucking actor. You're not playing a scene that involves that much uh, emotion. And he's like, I'll give you this role. Go and get an outfit from this S&M shop. And he took his two kids there to go and grab this outfit. He took them into a, you know, a, a shop of all this S&M gear. And he didn't know. No. <laughs> And he brought his kids. Listen, I don't understand this whole thing about let's let's worry about kids with gay people. It's like oh, you no. brought your you are a straight man, I'm assuming. Yes. Brought your children to an SM shop. But drag queens are the problem. <laughs> right. Right. Story hours of drag queens. Yes. Yeah. Um yeah, I feel I, like this scene should have become a Frankie Goes to Hollywood music video. It should have. It should have. I would have enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> was this be- was this before Body Double? No, it was after, after, Body, Double. after Body Double. After Body Double. Um, well, Schneider takes him back to the school. Why the school is open at this time of night? Who knows? And I think this is a good point to discuss how sketchy Schneider is. Because oh, absolutely. They definitely didn't do background checks on this guy when they uh, hired him for the school. <laughs> no. It sounds like you're talking about the Nickelodeon guy. <laughs> you know, the, the Dan Schneider. Does all that shit come out about him? Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. With um, Yeah. Was that Dibby? No. This is Zoe 101. Yeah. The, um, yeah. I remember reading a little bit. Of it. I, I was that was after my time, so as a child. But uh, yeah, no, he like favored Ariana Grande. That's who it was. Oh yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, and like possibly did some questionable things with her. Yeah, wow. or to her, or with her in mind. I don't know. Wow, but yes, yeah. creepy Schneiders, maybe. Uh huh. Yeah. I don't know anyone with that surname, so I think I'm allowed to say. <laughs> Maybe it's the surname. <laughs> well, he... I only know one, and she's a female, and she's really cool. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> female Schneiders. Yeah. Male Schneiders. Mm, not so great. No. <laughs> he he sends Jesse to the showers, and, and once he does this, tennis rackets start ripping open, balls start flying. And Schneider okay. is <laughs> attacked by an unseen force that drags him to the shower using jump ropes. Schneider is tied to the shower, <laughs> stripped naked, and whipped with a towel. But they didn't know. <laughs> I remember this randomly being on one Christmas Eve, um, and I turned it on on this scene. And this is at the point where I hadn't watched Excuse it in full me. yet. Excuse me, you wanted to turn it on, not me. Um, <laughs> I just turned on TV and this scene was on and I was like, same film that I started watching? And, and that's when I knew I had to watch it before. Um, this is where it confuses me, particularly with the rules of the first film. Is this a dream? Is this not a dream? Yeah, because the whole idea of him taking him to the school at this time of night is so weird. It is so weird. Well, and don't they like... Yeah, no, at the end of the scene, sorry to skip a little bit ahead, but like they show Jesse with the with the glove on mm, yeah. as if Jesse did this. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I think that's the whole idea. I think they're, they're trying to say he, he he's getting possessed by him and he's doing this. But... Yeah, and he's like a high school kid in his pyjamas in the middle of the night getting served a drink in a bar. Yeah. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Or yeah. does it? Or does it? <laughs> <laughs> I was not a teenager in the 80s. I will say as a teenager in the early aughts, that would not have happened. At least, well, not in public, that would not have happened over <laughs> behind gross doors. But yeah, it doesn't make a lot of logic because there's also people around with no one. Like, let me help this child. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it is a bit confusing because it, it it gets very muddled in its Nightmare on Elm Street lore. Yeah, it? it gets muddled in its own ideology, though. Like, yeah. what, what is going on? Is this real? Is it not real? I don't think the filmmakers knew anything. They didn't clearly didn't know it was queer. They didn't know if it was real. They didn't know what did they know? <laughs> what did they know? Well, Jesse vanishes into the steam, and then Freddy emerges, uh, and then he kills Schneider by slashing his back. And then Jesse is there with the glove on, screaming at his hand. And it's, yeah, it's, it's very much like, okay, well, that happened. And then it's he's... definitely giving Glory Hole energy, by the way. Glory Hole energy? Yeah, the way that he's like pressed up against the wall. Oh, yeah. And it's like looking <laughs> limb. I thought you meant Mark Patton screaming with, at his hand. Uh, I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, there could be some weird glory holes out there. I don't know. <laughs> Um, he's escorted home by police. Is never see how he's found, but apparently he was on the road, just naked, walking along. And of course, because it's the eighties, the first thing his dad goes to is, "Are you on drugs?" I'd probably go to that as well, though. To be fair, <laughs> if somebody randomly appeared like naked in the street, somebody who I'd known for many years yeah. to not act in that way, <laughs> I would. Probably go to drugs first of all. <laughs> Not are you being possessed by Freddy Krueger? <laughs> are you gay? <laughs> I suppose I would now. Like, are yeah. you gay? <laughs> gay, gay like, I know this town knows about Freddy. Like this yeah. is the town where all that shit happened. Did you like? That's I mean, the lack of connective tissue between these movies does not help it because it's like, did you just forget about the dude that got sucked into his mattress and blood spurted everywhere? Did you forget mm-hmm. about the dude that was the girl that was drugged around her whole room? Like, how, this isn't that long, far like apart. So how the fuck did you forget all these other weird shit that's that? This a lot of weird shit happens in the street. Uh-huh. A lot of weird shit. Yeah, exactly this. And, you know, there's the whole... I know there's the scene where the dad is like, um, well, I may have known a, a, a thing or two. Well, but then you're the one who's accusing him of being on drugs. Mm. So, if anything, you're the character who should know something sketchy's going on here. Like, Does he actually accuse him of being on drugs? Yeah. Because what he says is, what are you taking, What, what are you sir? taking? Where are you getting it from? Who are you getting <laughs> it from? Which might not mean drugs. Oh, it's the 80s. It's definitely drugs. Oh, okay. Could have been. <laughs> yeah, I read it as drugs too. Not cock. 
Again, they didn't know. They didn't know. No. <laughs> what are you taking, son? Yeah, he's informed the next day. By eight inches. <laughs> he's informed the, the next day that Grady uh, by Grady that Schneider was murdered in the shower. And that night, Jesse finds Freddy's glove moving in his drawer and Freddy tells him to kill for him again. He goes to his sister's room where she's performing the classic Freddy nursery rhyme by the jump rope girls. And that just happens. We move on. Yeah. Yeah, is his sister... Is that the last time we see his sister? No. No, he confronts his dad about what happened with Nancy there the next day. Cheryl is gagged. And the sister's like, well, I'm scared now. And that's the last time we see her. Oh, okay. Oh, no, no, because he goes into her room. Yeah, we see her again after Oh, to try and kill her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, But they're interrupted by the toaster setting on fire, despite them being plugged in. Oh, well, it's got to be drugs. <laughs> Did you put a firecracker in there? <laughs> cherry bombs, cherry bombs. <laughs> um, Lisa takes Jesse to an abandoned factory where Freddy Krueger apparently worked. Um, but they find nothing there except an, a rat in an old locker. Yeah, I thought Freddy Krueger was the caretaker in a school and the boiler room was part of the school. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's I... what I assumed as well. But he apparently just worked in the in the factory. <laughs> this giant <laughs> abandoned factory where anyone can just go in and mess around despite you being very dangerous. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> just, as you do. Two teenagers just messing around in this giant factory. Uh, and then, yeah, it's it's that night when he finds himself in his sister's room uh, with Freddy's glove on. So he's... <laughs> Sorry, I just, I just read my notes here. It's like, wasn't that scene completely pointless? Yeah. <laughs> like, they just go there to then be like, oh, he's not here. Okay, bye. <laughs> well, like, he's not home. That... <laughs> I'll try back later. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he, he finds himself trying to murder his sister, um, so he takes some stop. Yes, you heard right, stop. Stop? Stop. S-T-A-U-P. Oh. It's the pills he takes. Does he not have a coffee pot under the bed? No, certainly not. <laughs> Grady asks Jesse in the school canteen if he wants to go out and grab a pizza and watch a movie sometime. And Kerry asks Grady if he's coming to Lisa's party, but he says he can't because he's grounded. And it's kind of like, oh, making a move on Jesse here and blowing off. Well, he's Kerry. grounded for Kerry, but he's not mm. grounded for Jesse. Mm. Yes. Poor Kerry. Right. Well, I know, well, I know no. a straight white girl. Lucky Jesse. I've been broken by a gay guy. <laughs> I didn't actually. Clearly, I wasn't attractive enough. You didn't break a girl's heart? Break, I didn't break any straight girl's hearts. Oh, good for you. <laughs> did you? I mean, I don't think I broke the hearts, but I, I did have to uh, dump a girl because I was gay. Oh. <laughs> but it wasn't really a relationship. It was very much like, hey, look, mum and dad, I'm dating a girl. I'm definitely straight. <laughs> She's second cousin. Oh, fuck you. No. <laughs> Uh, it's the uh, shout out to any of the straight girls that went on a date with me. I, I apologize <laughs> if you're listening. That's right, they're probably gay now too. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, it's the following night, and Lisa's pool party is in full swing. Yes. The mum's getting the dad out of the way. Uh, Jesse's at How the party. How does she get him out of the way? Offering him a good time upstairs. She, she puts out. <laughs> so that's a real queen there. That's how you do it. I know how to get this party swinging. Wait, <laughs> let's go have a shift. Let's go get railed whilst uh, have a party downstairs. While teenagers party below. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jesse's at the party and Lisa awkwardly kisses him in the cabana. He says that he wants to leave because he's ruining the party for everyone. Well, yeah. you, you're just getting changed. <laughs> you don't even interact with anyone it's fine <laughs> yeah the, the rest of the kids uh, at the party put on whisper to a screen by Bobby O whilst Jesse starts kissing Lisa's chest which causes him to grow an extra long tongue and he leaves in a panic so this scene is that how it happened that's, that's how it happened with me <laughs> and they didn't know and they, didn't, they didn't know, know. <laughs> they didn't know do we feel bad for Lisa because I, it's so difficult. I like Lisa. I feel like she should have noticed something with Jesse, and maybe put it out there. Like, is this something you want to tell me? Like, you know. Yeah, I don't necessarily feel bad for her, but I like her. I just don't feel bad yeah. for her. I'm like, okay, your your interest turns out to be gay. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's like that scene in Love Simon where the 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 girl that he breaks the heart of says, you know, I completely understand what you're going through, but I'm a human being too. Mm. You know, you don't string me along like this. Yeah. I have feelings. I'm allowed to be upset by this. I do understand you, you know, your coming out story, but you know, her feelings are hurt too. Mm-hmm. She's invested a lot in this. Yeah. She helped in Tidy's room for fuck's sake. You know, you don't <laughs> just do that for anyone. Well, to be fair, though, Jesse and Lisa are not, act- as far as I can remember, are not actually dating. No, I no, didn't get that impression. Yeah. They don't have the label of boyfriend-girlfriend. No, no. So I don't think he's leading her on other than, I'm trying to figure this out. Let yeah. me lick on your chest a little bit. Oh, shit. This is not right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me run to my male best friend. <laughs> Maybe that's a little leading her on. You know, you just lick everyone's chest. I mean, I, uh... I mean, I've been drunk many times. You know, so <laughs> it was a tequila <laughs> shot off the chest. <laughs> you could understand. He goes to Grady's house instead, confesses to killing Schneider, and tells him that there's something inside of him, uh, and to which Grady says, "Yeah," and she's female. And she's waiting for you in the cabana. And you want to sleep with me? <laughs> yes. And they didn't know. And they didn't know. That is... Favorite, favorite lines in the show, though. I love that. Yeah. I love those lines. Oh, my God. Amazing. Like, that guy sat there and wrote that. That guy sat there. He directed that scene. And, <laughs> and he thought right. that was just straight behavior. As I said, somebody's lying. <laughs> yeah. Um, can I ask a question? Grady's bed sheets. Yeah. What are we thinking? Leather. Kind of double-sided. The underside is a very 80s graphic design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the top side is, I don't know if it's leather. I don't know if it's vinyl. 
it's black. I mean, easy wipe, I'm assuming. <laughs> but, ew, like, why is it? It's disgusting. I mean, this was also the time of waterbeds. So, yeah. Uh, you know. No wonder you get so sweaty at night. <laughs> <laughs> Leather bed sheets. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jesse instructs Grady to watch him as he sleeps and to uh, stop him if he tries to leave. Uh, Grady... We remember that is the Johnny Depp role in the first. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like it's pretty much word for word as well because he even does the yeah. whole "Don't fall asleep" and it's like, okay. And what does he do? He falls asleep. And does he actually fall asleep? He does. Yeah. Well, I mean, does Grady fall asleep? Grady turns over, and the next minute, shit's going down. So I think he falls asleep. Oh, he doesn't, doesn't believe him. So makes yeah. He actually just falls. He's like, yeah, I'm just yeah. gonna fall. It's not even an accident. Yeah. Next scene. How early is this, by the way? Because the party's still going. I know. Lisa's mum's still getting a good scene too. <laughs> so early. Uh, the next scene. The practical effects are phenomenal. Like even in 2023, this looks mm. amazing. Yes. Yes. Freddy emerges from Jesse's body and kills Grady by slashing through his chest. And when I say emerges, like, if anyone hasn't seen this, like, his finger knives literally come out of his hands, his sweat is coming through his arms, he slices his chest open, his head comes out of it, and it's like, oh my god, this is top-tier Freddy Krueger. Yeah. I love the visual of uh, Freddy's eye in mm, Jesse's in his mouth. mouth. Yeah. I love that visual. Yeah, it's a really cool special effect. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. It, it looks disgusting in the best way possible. You know, it's, it's what we want from uh, from a film like this. And it's still, I never really sweaty scene as well. Uh, well, yeah. Like, he's like, he's glistening in, in his, his short, uh, shorts. short shorts. <laughs> Lots of short shorts in this film. <laughs> Listen, I am not complaining. No, <laughs> no. Uh, Freddie changes back to Jesse, who finds himself looking at Freddie's laughing reflection in Grady's mirror. He throws the glove at the mirror and flees before his parents enter the room. Uh, he goes back to Lisa and tells her what's going on. He's, he says, he's inside me, Fred Krueger. He's inside me and he wants to take me again. <laughs> and you didn't know. Like, come on, <laughs> seriously. Um, and then the pool starts to heat up, the sausages on the barbecue set on fire, the beers open themselves, and uh Freddy is back. He uh he transforms again. Uh Lisa's got all the knowledge she needs from Nancy's diary. She knows that he his terror's giving Freddy his strength. Um, but I don't recall Freddy bursting out of Nancy Thompson, but there we go. True. Uh, but yeah, Freddie locks Lisa's parents in their bedroom and uh, has a, a showdown with Lisa and she puts up a fucking fight. She's into survival. She is. Lisa is a badass. She she really is. Running around looking like Meryl Streep fighting Freddy Krueger. That is high camp. And I'm here for it. <laughs> Poor Kim Myers during this though. Because she goes from dry to a sweaty mess. <laughs> In the matter of seconds, yeah, and then there's this close up of her when she's having a showdown with Freddie, 
where it looks like someone's just they've just thrown a drink in her face <laughs> and she's just it's meant to be sweat but she's just dripping yeah incredibly unflattering it makes her hair look like really weird at the front mm-hmm. i'm like okay we get it it's a sweaty film we get it <laughs> doesn't mean she needs to look like she's bloody soaking wet <laughs> well he attacks her but he can't kill her because of jesse's influence so he goes outside and instead begins to slaughter the party goers. Yeah, he it, it's a nice visual where the um what would you even call it? Like a burner behind him. Mm. So that sort mm. of shoots out fire yeah. and he says, You are all my children now, which looked great in the mm-hmm. trailer. In the context of the film, like what does that even mean? I don't even care. It's so cool. It's yeah, like, no, oh it is God, super cool. Yeah. And um, it's... We've got the Necker, haven't we? That's, yeah, that's what we've got for the Necker. Um, that's what we chose. Because it's a really cool visual. You're all my children now. What is... Like, okay. What? That's what he's a child killer. So it does make sense. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. And he's already murdered a bunch of them. One of them offers to help him and he's like, help yourself, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I yeah it's such a cool scene like regardless of what it means it's just like Robert Englund delivering that line with that visual it's like okay this yeah is- Robert Englund truly knows how to walk that line between yeah. camp and creepy and scary but also still fun yes more, better than anyone I know yeah absolutely and this is why Again, you know, this is why the remake fell flat because, you know, Jackie Earl Haley, great actor, but that role, I can't picture anyone else in that role. Like, he made it his own. And he'll always be Freddy Krueger. You know, I'm sure there's someone out there who will do a wonderful job and really surprise me whenever they remake it again. But, you know, for now, it's, it's Robert Englund's role. And... It really shows, he takes it so seriously. Like in all the documentaries and so on, he's like, oh, well, I've done this research, I did this character study and everything. It's like, oh my God, you sound a little ridiculous in the documentary when you're doing so much work for this role. But then when you see the payoff, it's like, okay, all that effort, it's absolutely worth it. Yeah, because the franchise wouldn't exist without Robert England no. as Freddy Krueger. No. I, I genuinely don't think the first film, second film, any of the films would have been a success without Robert England as Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Lisa's father emerges with a shotgun, but Lisa stops him from shooting Freddy, who escapes in a ball of flame. So she drives to the factory. He escapes like um, Homer Simpson when he goes <laughs> into the uh, hedges. More fun. Yeah, I always think of the Wicked Witch of the West, Wizard of Oz. When it's yeah. Like, <laughs> it just goes away. <laughs> I think that was very much part of the influence for this because, I mean, they were going for the whole witchy look with him as well, weren't they? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so she goes to the factory. She starts seeing... <laughs> Sorry. What? That'll make the film less gay. The Wizard of Oz <laughs> references. <laughs> they didn't know. <laughs> He goes to, at uh, least goes to the factory and there's dogs there with human faces on, there's maggots coming from a leg, uh, an evil looking cat eating a rat, like 
all the stuff of nightmares and it's still not quite clear if she's actually having a nightmare or not. Um, she confronts Freddy and pleads with Jesse to fight Freddy, but Freddy's hold is too strong. But when she... Freddy's what? <laughs> hold. Oh. His... <laughs> when she confesses her love for Jesse and she kisses Freddy with the power of, uh, yeah. of the heterosexuals, uh, Jesse begins to fight back. Freddy yep. bursts, um, and Jesse's back. That's all he needed. The love of a good love woman. Him. Yeah. Yeah, the <laughs> end is where I don't <laughs> like this movie. I, I mean, yeah. there's other problems before this, but it's like, really? I mean, I get it. It's 1985, but still. Yeah, it's kind of like, we embrace the queer community, we embrace this entire film, but when it comes to this scene, we just uh, look away for a few seconds uh, and then it's just back to normal again after. <laughs> How did we get there? Because it's kind of like when you kind of reshape the allegories to fit in a way that can be embraced, it's like, okay, yeah, it makes sense, it works, internalized homophobia, so on and so on. But then it comes to this scene and there's no other way to read it other than heteronormal, you know, a heteronormal lifestyle, normal, heteronormal lifestyle saves it. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's it, unfortunately no other way of reading that. that. Great visual yeah. of melty Freddy Krueger, though. Yeah, I loved that visual. Again, the effects are great in this film. What I would like to have seen, and it's another Simpsons reference. It's not my only reference. But do you remember when they go to the um, is it steel mill? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's the gay episode of The Simpsons. And they're like, oh, look at these manly men. Because he's trying to make Bart manly. And then the Everybody Dance Now starts. And they all rip off yeah. the shirts. <laughs> I'd like to have seen that. Yes. <laughs> with Lisa and uh, Jesse <laughs> dancing along with uh, some missile men in the background. But, spoiler alert, the, the kiss of straight, it, it doesn't work. Because later, as Jesse, Lisa, and Carrie are all taking the bus to school, Jesse starts noticing similarities to his original nightmare and starts panicking. And uh, Lisa calms him down. Carrie's like, it's all over. But then Freddy's fucking claw bursts through her chest and he drives into the field. Yeah. And that's the end of the film. It's, it's kind of like she saved him briefly. Well, it, it's a rehash of the first film. Yeah, right. Uh, with the, the fake out ending. Yeah, you think um, everything is good and calm, and then yeah. nope, yeah. it's not. Yeah. But that yeah. is a Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two: Freddy's Revenge. It is. It is. It's got its <laughs> moments, got its dull moments. Um, yeah. It's, I I had a fun time. Well, it's not Ron Elm Street, isn't it? You could, you could slap Robert England as Freddy Krueger on any old shit, and I'd still watch it. Um, but I enjoyed this one. It's it's not the worst sequel. No, no, no I think it's really, I, yeah. I I I always have a lot of fun with this film. I I really love it. I could watch it whenever, and I I wouldn't get bored of it. You know, it's. I fully love it as a queer classic now. I love that it's been taken in, especially means Mark Patton had such a rough time after the release. It's nice to see mm-hmm. some good come of it now, despite that questionable uh, 
the uh, the kiss of life from a straight girl thing, you know, it, it's yeah, yeah. It was nineteen eighty five. I'm glad it's got a new cool following. Yeah, but I do agree because I read somewhere that Robert England said recently, like within the past five years or so, that he would be interested. This is the only nightmare movie that he would be interested in watching a reboot of mm. that truly like leaned into the queerness and yeah. didn't have that bullshit ending. And I would I would be down for that. 100%. I'd love to see that. Yeah. yeah. And that could be a fun, like, because I get Robert England can't play this role forever obviously but that would be a fun way to introduce a new big bad to a, a nightmare series a new nightmare on elm street yeah. series that could be fun like a passing of the mantle situation yeah absolutely I, i'd love to see who too. would you cast as freddy krueger now then I suppose the obvious one is Kevin Bacon because that's a, a big fan theory is that it's going to be Kevin Bacon when he's recasting and I can see that working okay. as close as possible to Robert Englund but I'd like to just see him come back for a recall. Who would play Jesse? Gay high schooler Jesse. Uh... Ben Platt. <laughs> Uh, uh, you could do it. Noah Galvin could be a fun choice. Kevin yeah. Galvin. His last name? Anyway, um, there's options. There's with as many like teen queer stuff that's on TV and movies right now. There's plenty of options. Yeah, definitely is. Should we get to the awards? Should we hand out some awards? Yeah, hand out some awards. Uh, biggest queen. Do you know what? I'm giving it to Jesse. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if that was... It's, it's an option, is yeah. That PC? No, of course it is. Yeah. He, he has an entire documentary called Screen Queen about himself. That's true, but also about his, you know, relationship with the title of Screen Queen. Yeah, he's embraced yeah. it. Yeah, he's embraced he's it. He's a male Screen Queen. Yeah, he, and I fully yeah. think he deserves it. Uh, I agree. And, you know, he he went through a journey in the film, outside of the film, and it, I've, the award the awards his. Yeah, I'd I'd give it to Jesse as well. I wasn't sure if I was in that. Okay, I'd initially given it to Lisa's mum for knowing what she, <laughs> for knowing what she had to do to get the job. <laughs> Is yours uh, Jesse as well? Yeah, mine's also would also be Jesse, but I do think Lisa's mom is a good yeah. is a good runner up. Like she's yeah. that's a good, you know, Susan Lucci. <laughs> Nineteen times. <laughs> uh, biggest gasp! I give it to the bird explosion scene. Really? Yeah, because what the fuck? <laughs> I give it to the ass whipping. Well, oh, I give it to Freddie bursting out of his body. Well, that yeah, that's that, that, that was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Did no one gasp at the gas whipping? Of was course. A gay gasp. Yeah. <laughs> gasp. <gasps> uh, best dialogue. I have two answers. A genuine best dialogue because of the line delivery. It's you are all my children now. Um, best gay dialogue would have to be he's inside me. Fred Krueger, he's inside me and he wants to take me again. 
<laughs> I just went with, uh, and you want to sleep with me? <laughs> That's mine, yes. Yeah, she's, she's waiting for you in the cabana, and you want to sleep with me? That, that whole exchange, yes. And um, finally, that's camp. It has to, well, for me, it has to go to the touch me all night long dance scene. Yes, 100%. I agree. Definitely. Yeah. Ratings, I give it seven drinks with Bob Shea dressed in S&M gear in a gay bar out of ten. <laughs> I gave it seven queer S&M joints downtown out of ten. <laughs> I'm going to give it um, I'm gonna give it six drinks at the S and M club downtown. We're all going to Don's place then. Clearly, like yeah. <laughs> we've all gone. Oh wait, no, I'm gonna change mine. I'm gonna yeah. give mine six ass whippings in a gym <laughs> shower. Uh, must... Give it seven Meryl Street body shots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I paid good money to see that, by the way. I I'm would, sorry, I that's would. twice I've interrupted you now. <laughs> um, but I would pay very good money to see Meryl Street body shots. <laughs> uh, masterpiece, trash speech, trash or basic. I've just put it as a camp fun time. It's, it's really none of the above. Yeah, it's got its I agree. issues, but overall, a fun time had by all. Can we, can we call it a camp classic? I think it would yeah, be. Yeah, absolutely. But there's something for the Hetties to enjoy too. Is that they yeah. win in the end? <laughs> As always, as allies, there's a difference between the straights yeah, this, and the Hetties. The, the, the allies can enjoy it. The allies can enjoy it too. <laughs> the, 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 uh, not not the straights. <laughs> um, it's available on DVD, Blu-ray, and video on demand. And if you enjoyed this, I recommend checking out Butcher Bacon Nightmare Maker, another super queer eighties horror film. Uh, if you enjoyed this, I recommend Sleepaway Camp, another camp slasher film with lots of uh, short shorts. Yeah. Those are both. I've seen Sleepaway Camp. I haven't seen the other one. Those are good choices. I went a different route. I'm going more modern and I'm going with um, Freaky. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Body Swap. Yeah, that definitely makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. And... Yeah, so if you're a fan of uh, Nightmare on Ashley 2, talk to us on social media. We're Horror Cult Trash Ever on Facebook and Instagram. Horror Cult Trash on Twitter. I'm DeadLightGaz92 on Letterboxd. Gazmo205 on Instagram. GazCruise92 on Twitter. I'm Chris Barker823 on Instagram and Letterboxd. And give us a rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Like and follow on everything else. Trent, where can we find a Nightmare on Fear Street? Whew. Okay, Sheree usually does this, so this is not my forte. Um, we are on Twitter at Nightmare Fears. I don't know why we're not any, like, we didn't try to make it the whole name, but we didn't. Uh, and we are on Instagram at a Nightmare on Fear Street. And you're on all the usual podcast streaming platforms. I know I listen to you on Spotify. And... Yeah, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple, Stitch. I don't know. We're on. We're on a lot of them. Oh, all of them. Oh, yeah. Go yeah. check them out. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. No problem. We, we definitely have to have you both on some time and yes. pick something else out to uh, 
analyze and if there's anything truly I, obviously your forte is horror films but we we sort of go between horror and, and trashy yeah. films as well so if there's ever a trashy shite bottom of the barrel film you <laughs> okay. think we might like to talk about you're more than welcome to join us it's not just pride Month. guests are welcome whenever um, well thank you Yes, yeah. I'll talk to It's really we'll bad. <laughs> I will uh, leave Gary to it. <laughs> <laughs> Prior engagements that day. We <laughs> will be back on Friday with our final Pride Month episode, which will be a Dracula's Daughter original versus remake oh. of its very loose remake, Naja. Oh, classy. And we'll be back next week on Tuesday with Titanic. Six six six. Not so. Speaking classy. of bottom of the barrel trash, <laughs> and <laughs> exclusive announcement for this episode because it seems to fit in place. This October we'd usually be doing Halloween classics, but this October we are officially doing Five Weeks at Freddy's, and we are discussing all of the other Nightmare on Elm Street films, ending with New Nightmare on Halloween. Yes, because yes, Freddy versus Jason. You're getting that as a Friday the Thirteenth episode. <laughs> oh, I um, and, I, and I will say A New Nightmare is my favourite Of this franchise Such a good film Of the sequels Of the franchise I like oh, it better than Wow, controversial I think, uh, Hot take, I think Heather is a better actress In that than she is in the original Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, no, absolutely she What do you mean I'm taking this seriously <laughs> <laughs> That is very true. Yeah, it's very true. Love New Nightmare. But yes, we'll be back. Same time, same place on Friday. Bye.